Welcome back in. Welcome back in. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Today we're going to be talking about the 2020 rookie running back class. And I think for most people, you would say that there is a top three, and then there's a lot of – it's all over the place. I don't care who you look at, what rookie rankings you look at, NFL draft running or rankings that you look at for running backs. Everybody's all over the place. So first things first, let's talk about Bijan. Listen, I get it. Uh, we, we don't need to really go into it. We're not going to bring anything new yeah. to the table when talking about him. He is the elite number one running back in his own in his own tier. Um, I I will say with some of his landing spots, you know, I have DraftKings pulled up here. The shortest odds for them uh, right now is the Dallas Cowboys. Please know Jerry Jones. Do not do this. Uh, we, we do not need to see that. But I do think the Chargers would be an interesting landing spot with Austin Eckler potentially either being moved this year, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, I think it's far more likely he plays out this last year that he moves on. Uh, and then he would have that backfield to himself. We know they utilize the running backs a ton in the passing game. So I think that would be great for Bijan. But then you have the Eagles, Commanders, Falcons, and Bengals, and Patriots to kind of wrap up that tier. Now, Cody, I know you have FanDuel pulled up. Uh, what is his odds over on FanDuel? So it's more or less the, the same group, except they have the Bengals with the second shortest odds behind the Cowboys. And it goes Chargers, Commanders, and then the Pats, Eagles, and Falcons are all tied for the fifth shortest odds at plus uh, 1,000. Yeah, so I mean, I think if, I mean, if you were to go to the Chargers, I would love that. I think the Eagles would be interesting, but I don't think it's as sexy as a, as a landing spot. But I still think it would be a good landing spot to go to the Eagles, especially behind that offensive line. And then the Bengals, uh, I also think, would be a really good landing spot for him. Commanders, I don't want any part of. They still have Antonio Gibson there. They still have Brian Robinson there. Like I just think that would be a, a mess uh, situation. Quarterback situation is not great either. So I, I don't want to see him go to the Commanders at all. But it would seem like a very much of a, a Commanders-type move to take Bijan Robinson there with all the other needs they have. So uh, I don't think we need to continue to talk about P. John Robinson. Uh, he is yeah. uh, obviously the GOAT of this class. So let's move on to the other uh, couple of guys. I think for most people, you have a top three. You have Jameer Gibbs and, and Zach Charbonnet. Uh, you know, I think with Gibbs, I think that what's what you see is what you get with him. He is super explosive, um, great vision. And, I, you know, his athletic testing meets exactly what you see with him whenever you watch him. And so I think with Jameer Gibbs, I think that he's going to be very landing spot dependent because if he doesn't go to the right team and utilize him correctly, because I don't think he's going to be a running back that's going to see, you know, 20 plus uh, touches a game. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be more in that 12 to 15, but I also think he can be very efficient with those touches. And if he can go to the right spot, that's going to utilize him correctly as a pass catcher out of the backfield because he does that very well. And he's beyond just a guy that you're going to, you know, utilize you know dump offs and screens too and stuff like that you could actually put them you know in line you know in the slot as a receiver you can do all the things with him so i think it's going to be very important but also i think the elephant in the room is his size i mean he's sub 200 pounds and we just don't see a lot of running backs that have tons of success success in the nfl you know be able to do that and so i think that's what worries me with jameer gibbs where a guy like zach charbonnet for example I think he really stands out as being just a true three-down workhorse back. Great pass catcher of the, uh, out of the backfield. He has probably the best vision of any running back in this class as well. And so there's a lot to like with Zach Charbonnet. And so I think he's less landing spot dependent. Now, of course, if he goes to a spot where there's already an established starter there too, then obviously it's going to hurt. But I think both of those guys have day two draft capital written all over them. But uh, which which one do you prefer of those two? I think like you said, it's there's – there's less projecting with Charbonnet 
right? Like he's he he has a size, he can do it all. There's really no weaknesses to his game. He's athletic enough. He can catch the ball, run inside, outside. Like you don't really have any questions with it. I still slightly prefer, and maybe I'm just being stubborn because it's how I've had it for for quite a while. But I still slightly prefer Gibbs just because I think, especially for PPR leagues, he just offers higher upside. Like if everything lines up like I think Charbonnet is like fine as a pass catcher I think a couple weeks ago you had mentioned that Charbonnet is like a a better David Montgomery that's kind of what it is right like Charbonnet is not going to offer you like plus pass catching and PPR leagues like if if he gets you know let's say 60 targets he's going to get you 50 catches on a bunch of dump offs whereas like you said with Gibbs you can move him around and actually use him as a as a pass catching weapon so I still slightly prefer Gibbs over Charbonnet but like I I think like me and you have like the same like two and inside our our second tier right where they can kind of be like flip-flop depending on landing spot like I think like the the cheap way out would obviously be to be to say like the Chiefs if the Chiefs would get Gibbs like then you wouldn't have to really worry about it because they're not like a super run heavy team they can move from around the formation and everything like that be creative with them and I I don't want to use this example because I've seen so many people comp Gibbs to Camara and to me like they're they're not the same player but to be used in the same way Right, because like we didn't see Alvin Kamara eclipse 200 rushing attempts until his fifth year in the league. In 2021 was the first time he went over 200 rushing attempts in a season. So if he could be used in that same vein, I'm not comping the two. Not going to do it because they're uh, Kamara's 15 pounds heavier. His contact balance is better. All that stuff. But if he could be used in a similar vein. That's what Gibbs would, would thrive in. Yeah, I think there's a better scenario where he probably is more of a guy that's going to see, you know, 150, 180 carries, you know, but also has the, has the ability to see 80, 90 targets. I think so in PPR formats, he does make a lot more sense. But I, I just think Zach Charbonnet, like you mentioned, is more well-rounded. Like there's no concerns with him in terms of size or anything like that. And so... I think for, for, but I think for most people, that's got to be everybody's top three, right? Maybe somebody has, you know, uh, Zach Charbonnet a little bit lower, but I think everybody pretty much, uh, for the most part, has Jameer Gibbs at two for most people, and then you know it's it's usually Zach Charbonnet. So I think that's the less interesting stuff to talk about. So I wanted to get those three kind of out of the way, and this is where everything's going to change for people. <laughs> and so uh, you know, for most people, wherever you listen to, I think it's going to be what everybody's flavor of the week is, and you know, my tier three is pretty big because it's really hard to separate a lot of these guys. Like I don't like outside of like, there's a few guys that I just don't want nothing to do with like Zach Evans. Like I don't want anything to do with them. Like, I don't think he's very good. His size. Uh, he came in tested very small, uh, at least compared to what people thought he was going to. Nothing really stands out to me whatsoever for him. So I have him down at my RB 13. And so for most people, that's probably really low, but I'm just, there's nothing there for me. Like I, I don't see it. Like I think maybe he could end up being like a role player type running back, like a kind of like a Zach Moss type, right? Where he's just he's kind of there. He'll get some touches here and there, but like he's never really going to be anything that we really need to worry about. So for me, my number four is Ty J Spears. I love Ty J Spears. I think what you saw from him in the Senior Bowl, he really showed out there. There's that viral clip where he just really embarrassed a linebacker on a route. But everything that he does, he does very, very well. Um, he played well against Power Five conference um, schools, and so I, I think Tajay Spears. You know, I've seen some people throw around this comp, and 
while I don't think he's going to maybe necessarily get the type of production, uh, you know, at least in the NFL, I think uh, it's not a terrible confidence Austin Eckler uh, because of his size, because of his ability to be a great pass catcher out of the backfield as well. And so I do really like Tajay Spears. And again, it's going to be it's going to be not just landing spot, but, you know, for most of these guys or rest of these guys we're going to talk about because there's really a lot of question marks of where these guys might go. Uh, and it's going to be also, you know, draft capital, right? Like Tajay Spears could end up being wouldn't shock me if he was drafted in the third round, but it wouldn't shock me if he was drafted in the sixth round. Like, I think it's just kind of where these are, you know, where, how NFL teams view these guys, where I think maybe some other teams may like, you know, Roshan Johnson, for example, who, you know, kind of went for a while, got a lot of buzz, was the backup running back to Bijan Robinson, where, you know, maybe he's a guy that, you know, a team that loves that power runner that Roshan Johnson is, that maybe, you know, he could get a little drafted a little bit higher just because of that, you know. Uh, I mean, it wasn't too long ago we saw something like Trey Sermon uh, get drafted high, uh, much higher than what people thought he was going to get drafted. So, you know, I, for me, it's Ty J. Spears. Um, but, Cody, I think I know you have somebody different at four. Uh, you have, what, Kendra Miller? Is that correct? Yeah, I, I also have just a, a massive tier three as well. We, you know, we were talking beforehand, and, like, I, I feel like I could change this right now on the spot. Like, I feel like I have Ty J. Spears too low. Like, I feel like I need to to move him around a little bit. But yeah, I, I feel pretty good about having Kendra Miller for, I just think he, out of the rest of the names, I think he is the best, you know, all around, like well-rounded uh, runner. He has a size, he has good enough uh, burst. He doesn't have great long speed, but he gets to that long speed very quickly. So he doesn't need like a big runway where, you know, he needs five yards to, to be able to max out his speed runs with really good patience, but not, he's not overly patient either. Like you will see him if, you know, if a crease opens up, he's going to hit it, you know, as soon as he can, he's not going to dance around too much shows good lateral agility at times. And then like, I, I think the thing with him that's, that'll like throw you off is just like how easily he moves in and out of traffic. So like, it doesn't like, it doesn't look like he is like overly athletic just because he kind of makes it look pretty easy. Not a ton of experience as a pass catcher. He only had 29 career receptions at TCU, but I don't have any questions in terms of his ability to catch the ball at the next level. So for me, he's like the, the most well-rounded running back with the fewest questions out of the, the next group of, of backs, but he's still like chunked into uh, a massive tier three here for me as well. Yeah. And I think with Kendra Miller too, with him not doing any athletic testing because he's been dealing with some injury stuff that he's, that he's yeah. getting over. I think that, you know, I don't want to, I don't think it's really hurt him, but it's kind of made him to where it's kind of like, okay, well, we don't really know really what to think of because we don't really have everything else that we do with a lot of these other guys. Who knows? Maybe that's to his benefit. I do know. I think NFL teams are going to uh, really like his, his size. I mean, he has that prototypical size, you know, like you mentioned, um, he was also 31st in yards after contact per attempt, 25th in missed tackles force, and 13th in carries at 15 plus yards. And so he does have some of that explosiveness. He's still young, only 20 years old, turns 21. When the season starts, uh, he'll be closer to 21 at that point. And so Kendra Miller, I think, is an, kind of an interesting prospect, but he kind of also sort of reminds me kind of like Jerome Ford did last year, right? He put up big numbers at Cincinnati. There were a lot of people that really liked him, and then he ended up going later than I think a lot of people were expecting. I think I could see Kendra Miller go all the way in, like I said, in the third or fourth, but I could also wouldn't be surprised he went in the sixth. Like, I, I just think that it's just kind of uh, where a lot of these guys are going to come in. And so, like, I don't really have a stand on him one way or the other. Like, I think he's fine in a lot of things that he does. 
Um, he was able to beat out Zach Evans, and he's the reason Zach Evans pretty much uh, transferred to Ole Miss. I do really like. I do think that he has a role if he lands in a really good spot, somebody that I could like. Um, I do think the biggest riser here is Izzy Abandaconda, which you, if you want, you can go and actually uh, go to our YouTube channel and you can check out the profile that Cody did. Uh, he did a really good job there with him, but I have him at five um, with him. Me too. Like, obviously he just kind of broke everything with what he was able to do his uh, athletically. He crushed it. He had an excellent year at Pitt this year, 239 carries, 1400 rushing yards, 21 touchdowns. Uh, just like I said, uh, with a four, three, five, 40, uh, 93rd percentile speed score, a 97th percentile burst score. That is Jonathan Taylor-like athleticism that he has. He's uh, 5'11", 216, so he has the size as well. And so, and he's still really young. I mean, he's only 20.4 years old. Like, I think for him, like, I think there's a lot to like here. But at the same time, I will say that he kind of feels like Antonio Gibson from a few years ago. Like, kind of somebody that... You know, really crushed the combine. Now, obviously, production's way different because Antonio Gibson, as we remember, at Memphis was more of a wide receiver, was super raw. Like, that's not a uh, band of conduct. I'm just saying in terms of just being able to come in, he crushed the combine athletically and then kind of really rose up draft board. Because I think prior to that, like, there were people that liked him, but, like, I think most people kind of had him at, like, RB9, RB10, RB11, somewhere in that range. And I now you've started to see him really move up. And I think in the right spot, he could be an absolute weapon uh, at the next level. Yeah, I have him at, at, at five as well. And for, for me, it's, it's a lot of what you were saying. It's, it's the speed, right? The thing that I that I don't like about Abinacanda is the fact, like, if there is any, like, disruption in the backfield, like, if his offensive line gets beat, even with the athleticism he has, like, he gets balled up pretty easily. So, like... He needs to go somewhere. You know, we want to talk about all these guys who are landing spot dependent. He needs to go somewhere that one runs mostly a zone running scheme, and two also has an above average offensive line. So, like I said in the video I did, that like Miami would be a, would be a great place for him, even if he has to like you know chill for a year, has to split touches with with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Like that's fine because you know he has youth on his side, and those other guys don't, and also the uh, the injury history, but. Abinacanda is is really interesting. I think he's you know kind of like a lot of these other guys, like good enough pass catcher. You know, wasn't particularly dynamic. It is interesting to note though that out of his twenty rushing touchdowns he had this year, half of them came between two games. He had six rushing touchdowns against Virginia Tech and four against Rhode Island. And also in that game against Virginia Tech, he had 320 rushing yards. His line was 36 carries for 320 and six. So absolutely just demolished Virginia Tech in that game. That's where a a ton of his production on the season came from. But, you know, like I said, lump him in with with eight of these other names here. And this is why there's no consensus in, in the 2023 class, right? Like, you, you can pick a bunch of things that you like about these guys, and you can also make a case against them. So we've been saying this, I feel like, for like the past like two or three draft classes, 
but I really hope the NFL draft like does the work for us here in terms of like helping us out with these rankings. Like we thought we were going to get that for the past two. It's it still has happened, but hopefully we get that with uh, with this class. At six, I have Devon A Chain. I'm not entirely sure where you have him. I know you know we're talking about you talked about Jameer Gibbs and saying like man, there's really just not a ton of fantasy relevant running backs that are sub 200 pounds. Well, if you think that's the case for sub 200 pound guys, uh, a chain is definitely not going to be for you because he came in at buck 88, which actually for him was a good weight, right? Cause he was listed around there at Texas A&M. We weren't entirely sure. You know, a lot of these times you're going to see these guys be gassed up a little bit, but he came in with a, with a solid weight, but even at a buck 88, like that being a good weight for him, it's, it doesn't do much for us in terms of fantasy. Like we really have to, we have to dig deep, into uh into the history to to find guys who have given us you know uh relevant fantasy seasons there but the dude is special in terms of his uh in terms of his athleticism we also saw him actually tote the rock uh, a bunch i think he had over 200 carries in this last year at texas a&m again that's an sec school he performed well he's a really good pass catcher i have no idea what to expect from him with his capital, it's kind of been the the theme since we since we've moved on from Charbonnet, but he, he's another one, man. Like all it takes is one team. He could go, you know, day two could be a a mid day th- uh, day three guy as well. So, um, who do you have at six, and where do you have a chain? I'm just curious. I have Devin a chain at uh, RB eight right now. Uh, okay, Venice. I have both. Roshan Johnson and Kendra Miller ahead of Devin H. And it's, it's, it's like I said, like, I think he offers a lot to be excited about. Like he is a super, like he's an exciting player and his speed is definitely, there's no denying a, a, a legit track guy. And so there's not a lot to, you know, knock there, but it's just his size. Like there's just not, there's not a lot going for him in terms of outside of that. Right. Like I think he could have a role in an offense, but you're probably looking at more of like a, a Jarek McKinnon type role where it's more, so utilize maybe as a pass catcher and maybe he gets five or six carries a game or something like that. He's not going to be a guy that I think that you're going to be able to trust on a week-to-week basis or anything like that. So I see a lot of people have Devin H.A. to like their RB3, RB4, and I'm like, get all the way out of here with that. Like, it's just not going to happen. The NFL is not going to value him the same way as everybody else does, right? And I'm not saying he necessarily can't, but you would have to see a complete shift from an NFL team to be able to trust a running back that's sub- 190 uh you know at, at the next level so it's just you ha- don't really have many great examples of, of nfl teams doing so and so i think he would be extremely limited and i think he'd be much more of like a specialty type player and so i just don't think you'd be able to trust him we know and volume is king in fantasy football and i just don't ever see a scenario where he's going to see that and so that's the biggest problem with him like i think there's a lot to like with him but he's just not somebody like from a fantasy perspective that i could ever see myself say okay yeah no this is the guy and so, and I also think there's probably a better shot that he's probably like a fourth, fifth round pick. Like he's probably not going to be as picked as high as some people think that he is, especially with with ranking him at RB. And so for me, like I said, I have Roshan Johnson ahead of him just because I think NFL teams are really going to like what he brings to the table. I mean, he's very, he has a limited sample because of, he was uh, behind, you know, one of the best, uh, you know, running backs we've seen in the last 10 years in Bijan. But he is six foot, two nineteen. He's twenty two years old, four five eight forty, sixty fourth percentile speed score. And so I think there's a lot to like with him. I mean, he has excellent contact balance. You know, he's that big physical runner. 
Uh, he was also 39th in yards per route run, and he had a 45% missed tackle rate, which led all running backs the last two seasons as well. And so that is obviously impressive with him, you know, coming from Texas. And then, you know, cons are mainly that's, you know, not, an, he's not an athletic specimen. That's not really what he's going to possess. He doesn't possess that long speed either. But like I said, I could see, uh, you know, teams really falling in love with how big he is, you know, and being able to utilize him more as a, you know, as that kind of change of pace, you know, short yardage goal line type back. And so I, I do think that he could get a little bit higher draft capital because of it. And so that's why I have him at six. We already talked about Kendra Miller, who I have at seven, eight, eight, and eight. The guy that the other guy that I really like, and I really, really wish he did athletic testing, but he didn't because of also because of an injury. And that is Dwayne McBride. I think he is a super interesting prospect, but he uh, dealt with some injuries. I mean, this is a player who had 1,700 rushing yards last year, 19 touchdowns. 7.3 yards per carry uh, as well, which is a pretty impressive player who had over 220 carries uh, on the season. He was also second in yards after contact per attempt, 19th in missed tackles forced, and fourth in carries of 15 plus yards. Um, I will say when you when you kind of look at him, he does tend to shy away from contact at time, and he doesn't really play up to his 220 pound frame. Uh, he is still a very exciting prospect at UAB. Yes, he is one of them, and comes from a smaller school. But I do think that he is somebody that could end up being like an Elijah Mitchell type player um, that you know gets drafted a little bit later, but if he lands in the right spot, could find his, his way and being a fantasy relevant player. And so I really do like Dwayne McBride. I felt like I could have had him a little bit higher. I wish we could have seen some athletic testing, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen with him, um, which is I still think is fine. And so, like, I wanted to have him a little bit higher, but I think this is a really nice spot for him. I don't think Dwayne McBride is going to be somebody who goes. Uh, super early or anything like that, but in the NFL draft. But I still think that there's a lot to like here from him. Yeah, he's a, there's a handful of players I still haven't gotten eyes on yet. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand, Kev. Not that I'm some expert film grinder or, you know what I mean? I, like I 100% know what I'm looking at, but like I, I just, I like to watch these players and kind of get a sense for, you know, how they win, you know, their, their style of running, their style of play and all that, because th- there have been, so many statistical studs right with these fantastic production profiles that just don't that don't pan out that never get the draft capital and end up you know kicking around the league for a year or two and then and then they're out so uh, i haven't gotten eyes on him yet evan hall i know someone who you're going to bring up uh, our guy Derek brown Debro over at fantasy pros we might have to check we might have to check evan hall's birth certificate with how much with how much Debro loves that kid, you know, I, I'm not even sure his own parents believe in him as much as as Debro does. But uh, I haven't gotten eyes on a couple of these guys. I have Tajay Spears at eight. You already talked about him. One that I skipped over was Tank Bigsby at seven, and it's really frustrating for me with Bigsby because outside of Bijan, I think Bigsby might be second for me in terms of like the number of runs where I was just like hell yeah like let's go like love that like you you turn on uh alabama from this year like his first like three to four touches i was i was all in i was just like why is no one talking about him why is tank bigsby not ranked higher what the hell's going on here and then you know he'll have a string of like six runs where it's just like oh okay and like it's not just bama too like that's kind of been his 
his MO at Auburn is, you know, kind of having these games where he just balls out, having these, you know, insane runs where he's making these cuts that are just absolutely fantastic, you know, has a speed and size to match as well. And then he'll, he'll just disappear, right? He's, he's kind of like the Quentin Johnson of running backs in, in this class. So like, I, I, I want to get him a little bit higher, should probably have him above a chain just in terms of, you know, what we should be expecting and uh, from a, from a draft capital perspective, but like, th- there's just so like so many things which just like, Oh, okay. Like, like I said, just kind of disappears at times. So that is my, uh, my top eight. And then I have Sean Tucker at nine after that he's another one of these guys who you know kind of like like i was saying like this class for me is just like a bunch of like oh okay like yeah really good like yep he's he's pretty solid all around doesn't have a lot of holes but there's like there's not a lot that gets me excited with with a bunch of these guys i think we're going to end up having several outside of like our top three who are fantasy relevant that you know that we end up being excited to draft whether that's in dynasty redraft you know, getting in our, our DFS lineups and everything else. But it's just like a bunch of solid guys who like don't really have that separator. And that's kind of where I fall with Sean Tucker as well. Like has two years back to back over a thousand yards uh, rushing at Syracuse. So I get him and Chase Brown mixed up. I always want to put one of those guys at, at, at Illinois and the other one at Syracuse. But like good hands, good speed. Has has a solid production profile. I don't think he's done any athletic testing either. So that's kind of where where he falls. And I give him the nod over some of these other guys because he he is a bit younger. I think this is only his his junior season. Where you know you have guys like Chase Brown, who I think was like a fifth year senior. I want to say Eric Gray is someone who I like a lot too, but he's been up and down. He was a senior, so I just gave the nod to Tucker just based on based on age. And I figure that's a take that you can get behind because you hate old players. I do. I am an ageist, you know. Um, I just don't like if you're old, but... Uh... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I will say, so I have Evan Hull at nine, and it's probably, like you mentioned, not high enough because I don't think there's a day that goes by that Debro does not mention something about Evan Hull. Like, I think he just schedules him out for a, the week of his Evan Hull love. But, you know, he's 5'10", 209 from Northwestern. He had a, a respectable, you know, 4'4", 40, 80th percentile speed score, 80th percentile burst score. Uh, he's 22 years old. Uh, 2022, he had uh, on 220 carries. He had 914 yards. Five touchdowns, but where you know you a lot of people are going to go six to midnight is the the fifty five receptions that he had this year for five hundred and forty six receiving yards with a seventeen percent target share in their offense, and then in twenty twenty one he also had another thirty three receptions for two hundred and sixty four uh, yards, but he also actually was a little bit better on the ground with a thousand and nine rushing yards on only one hundred ninety six carries. Uh, he was thirty fourth in missed tackles forced as well. And he was top five in yards per route run. So, like, he can be an absolute weapon at the next level in the passing game. You know, we'll see again, uh, you know, kind of where he lands. But, you know, Evan Hall could end up being that guy. You know, maybe kind of like a Giovanni Bernard type, right? Like, he's probably never going to be the guy. 
but he certainly can be useful, you know, especially if the starter goes down in front of him. Can be utilized some in the passing game. I think he profiles more at that, you know, he, even though he is a little bit on the bigger side at 209, especially at 510. But um, I just don't think I, you're going to see a team that's going to commit to him. Like, I think, I, I believe I was actually looking the other day on, on Fantasy Pros, which is where Derek Brown does his stuff. And he has uh, Evan Hull, like, way higher than everybody else. Like, he has him <laughs> among, like, the four other people that were ranking with him. He has him in his top, like, 15 overall of all prospects, of all prospects from this draft, not just running backs. And so uh, he has them uh, very high. And so, but overall, I, I think he can be a really useful uh, fantasy producer, especially in PPR formats because of his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. So for me, this, this kind of wrap, I have Devin A. Chain at eight, uh, Dwayne McBride at nine, and then Evan Hull at 10. Past that, I have Tank Bigsby. Now you mentioned Tank Bigsby. And on some of the stuff I agree with, like, I feel like he's good at a lot of things, but not great at nothing. Like, I, I feel like that's just kind of his game. He's like a good player, not great. Yeah, like you could say he has good vision, good contact balance. Uh, he definitely disappears at times in games. Uh, I think he was a player that a lot of people were higher on, you know, prior to this year. And he kind of just kind of dudded out a little bit this year, didn't really do a whole lot. And so that's kind of where I view him. I, I know other people have him higher, some people have him you know, at five or six, you know, me having him at 11 is probably a little bit low. Maybe NFL teams like him especially because of his balance. He does have the size to be a, kind of a three-down workhorse, you know, at the next level, but I just don't think that's going to be what happens with him. He feels kind of like Ronald Jones to me, you know? Uh, and so, like, he's just – I'm just not somebody that I'm overly excited about. With Tank Bigsby and then the other guys you mentioned, uh, Chris Brown, uh, really tore up the combine, had a very, very good combine. But, again, probably another guy that drafts a little bit later – and then there's, uh, you know, then I have Zach Evans, Sean Tucker at 14. And then at 15, I have Keaton Mitchell. I would love to have him higher. But again, smaller dude. Yeah, I mean, he's smaller than Devin A. Chain. Super <laughs> explosive. You know, and like I said, I wasn't going to do it this year. You know, years past, I would get excited and enamored with somebody that comes from a smaller school, but is a little bit, uh, you know, on the smaller side. Not doing it. Uh, I'm not moving Keaton Mitchell. He's not going to be up in my top 10 or anything like that. But I do think that he is a player, you know, maybe that could end up being like a, a JD McKissick type running back or something like that, that maybe has a role on a team with, with that's just utilized as a pass catcher because the dude is a superstar of whatever he has the ball in his hands. I mean, super explosive could take the ball to the house at any given moment. Uh, and so uh, I think Keith Mitchell is a lot of fun, but he's just too small to really get on board with at, at his size. So, that's kind of my top 15 at running backs. Like like you, like we mentioned, it's so landing spot dependent with these running backs. And it's it's yeah. like that any like every year. That's never not going to be a thing, right? Because I mean, because because volume is so important, especially for running backs, like that landing spot's going to be so critical. And the only landing spot I hope none of these guys go to is the Atlanta Falcons because I just want to see I just want to see Tyler Algier shine. Like I, I think he had a great year last year, but there's certainly some landing spots there. I think people are waiting to see if the Chiefs draft a running back and then the Texans because you have Damian Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco, and Tyler Algier that are, I think all people are just kind of like, oh, man, you know, you know, they're waiting for that next guy to be drafted there so they can jump off that, you know, that bandwagon and jump on. So, you know, there might not be a better time for uh, right than right now to try to buy, you know, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, Isaiah Pacheco because people are going to just waiting for them to crater once they draft somebody, it doesn't matter who they draft. If, if, if any of the three of those teams draft a running back, 
with any sort of decent draft capital, those guys are going to be declared dead. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the, the Chiefs could even draft someone like late day three, and there's going to be discussion about that too. Absolutely, absolutely. That's exactly what happens every single year. So uh, I think those are the running backs. Like I know there's some other, a few other players that people could talk about, but I don't think I think these are pretty much the main guys to talk about in this class. And again, we've talked about it already. These guys are going to be all over the place. Like some people could have Kendra Miller in their top four or five. I have him at seven. I've seen people have Tank Bigsby uh, much higher than I have him. I know Chris Brown for some people, Zach Evans. People really like Sean Tucker. I think all of those guys, I think, could go as high as, you know, you could have five, six, seven. Like this is just a really wild class in terms of running back to me, even more so than even last year. Like I felt like, you know, the, the last couple of years prior to this, we were really trying to like like really talk up some of these players where like they we probably do should have known that they were never going to amount to anything. Um, but this this year's class, I feel like there definitely could be a couple of these guys that come out of this that um, end up being fantasy relevant that are you know, a little bit lower. Yeah, absolutely. I think Rashawn Johnson is another name that I've seen like in people's like top four or five as well. I'm like, I can't I can't get there. And to, to be fair, I, I've only I only watched uh, two of his game cutups, so maybe I need to watch more. But like I just I didn't really see it with him. And people were up there talking about you know, like I said, having him you know top three, four, five, and I can't I can't get there with him. I think it's because of his size, like I said, and being able to uh, probably expect some NFL teams are going to really like that. But um, I, I you're I mean I have him at six, and I could lower him, I could move him up a spot or two, like. <laughs> Like, I know it feels like a, a broken, you know, um, what's that? What's that? What's that phrase? Broken, uh, broken, broken record. Broken record. That's what that fucking is. Broken record. It's really truth, you know? And every year we also say, uh, just wait till next year. It's going to be next year's <laughs> class is going to be the bees. knees. You know, um, I, I think this is kind of where I come in. Um, do you, I guess we didn't talk about him, but he he's kind of gained a little bit. But Deuce Vaughn, like I think he's going to be undrafted. But there's people that like stand for Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, I you know outside of catching you know some of his games live, I haven't watched a, a ton of him. But you know it's the it's the size thing again. You know what I mean? So like that's he's someone that that I just have uh, I have trouble fully fully getting there. Yeah, I mean he's five foot five. You know, I mean, like, you know, like, how can you five foot five and 176 pounds, you know, and don't get me wrong, super fucking productive at, at that size. I mean, he had 291 yeah. carries last year at Kansas State for 1500 yards. And then the year before that, he had 1400 yards on 234 carries over almost 30 touchdowns over that span as well. I mean, utilize the pass catch. But to me, like. Who is he? Like, what, what is he going to be? Like, is he Deion Lewis? Like, I guess maybe that's like best case scenario. Cause I mean, he's not Darren Sproles. Like he's not like Darren Sproles was like super athletic. Uh, I don't think that that's really what Deuce Vaughn is. Uh, we don't have a 40 time or anything like that to truly know, but I just don't think that, I mean, he did have a really nice uh, vertical jump. Broad jump was not great. Um, so I think there's some issues there with burst as well. But a five foot five, 179 pounds, like I just, there's no shot. Like if I if I have a problem with Devin A chain at his size, like how the hell can you get on board with a five foot five, 179 pound running back? You know, like and so like I've seen some people like really really talk him up, but I'm like, I don't think he's gonna get drafted. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like at that size. Yeah, I don't. Uh, this completely slipped my mind, but I, I just looked up Darren Sproles because, like, you know, we always, you know, I, I think our memories like really escape us when it comes to you know some some of the guys like this. But five six one eighty five also out of K State. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, yeah. I I didn't even think of it like that, but yeah, um, he was actually bigger than Devin or than Deuce Vaughn was. So yeah, I just I can't with them. Like I think he's a really uh, fun player to watch and stuff like that, but like at the next level, like it's not gonna happen like i just don't see it maybe some team uses utilize him as like a kick returner or something like that punt returner um but i don't even know if he has that kind of speed either and so i just i can't imagine five foot five 176 pound running back running around back there but crazy things have happened in the nfl so do you have anything anybody else like a sleeper or anything like that you want to talk about or uh is that about it i got nothing like i said i still need to get uh you know get some eyes on some of these guys but felt pretty good about where i was with the, with the names i threw out tonight um and I, I really don't think there's much things as a as a sleeper anymore with, with all the information that's out there with, with all the people that are shooting off tweets and you know all the all the different you know rankings you can find i really don't think there's too much as a of a of sleepers anymore i, I think we need to come up with a with a different with a different name for that an undervalued player probably would be better um yeah yeah i i i, I tend to agree too with this so like i said and I've mentioned this entire time. I think this this class could be all over the place. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if only two or three of these guys really be fantasy relevant, but also wouldn't surprise me if eight, nine of them are are very fantasy relevant. They're, they're not guys that are going to be like, you know, that are RB1s or anything like that, but, you know, they can provide fantasy value to you. Uh, I definitely think there's enough, uh, especially, uh, you know, there's enough depth in this class to for, for that to be the case. So as to always, I mean, uh, better. hopefully next year will be better, right? Uh, we, we say it every year. Can't wait for next year. So that being said, I don't think we need to ramble on anymore. I think that's kind of the list. Uh, next week we'll be back again to talk about the wide receivers. And I think there's a lot more to discuss there with the wide receivers. But I think we're going to be a little bit all over the place. But I think there's a little bit more to like and a little bit more um, nuance to the discussion in terms of the wide receivers next week. Um, uh, you know, with JSN, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers. Like there's a lot of guys, Marvin Mims, uh, that are getting a lot of buzz right now. And, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from the NFL draft right now. So, uh, finally, it'll be here, and you know we'll get all the landing spots, and we'll know exactly where all these guys are going to end up. And you know we'll laugh at the people that had you know certain players ranked way too high, and then you know they go on Twitter and tell you how stupid teams are because they let this guy fall, you know because they just seem to know more than everybody else does. Anyways, that being said, uh, hope everybody has a good Easter this weekend, and uh, we'll be back again next week to break down the wide receivers. Have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good evening, whatever it is. Bye. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know. Oh
Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.